Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. We want you to open your Bibles with us, if you would. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 24. The scripture says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to the years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. James chapter 1, verse number 14. It says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Verse number 15 says, then when lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Note again the beginning of verse 15 then when lust had conceived it bringeth forth sin and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. In the book of St. John, excuse me, St. Luke chapter 15 and I want to go just directly to verse number 17. It says, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Verse number 18 says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Verse number 24 says, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now. We praise you. We glorify you in this place. I desire now that you would touch your servant. Anoint your word, God, down on the inside. Anoint now the ears and the spirit of thy people that we may hear your voice speaking unto us. I pray, God, that you move in this atmosphere, that you cause it to be filled with your word, filled with your anointing. Address every issue, every situation that sits in the midst of us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody give God some praise. Come on, give him some praise. When your pleasurable season is over, then what? Your mind and your spirit need revival. 
When I begin to look at the word of God here and begin to think as to where we are in this hour, the word pleasurable simply means pleasant or gratifying. When we look at this word season, we are looking at uh, a time characterized by a particular circumstance or feature. Season is a period associated with some phase. We go through all types of phases. We living, we are living in a, a, a time right now that phases are changing so much until it's almost hard to keep up. Uh, uh, when you look at a phase, a phase is a particular appearance or a state in a regular recurring cycle of changes. Uh, just the definition of the word alone is enough to make us stop and think about what we are about to tie into. Uh, every time a new phase come along and, and, and we have the tendency, whether in the church or out of the church, amen, to lock hold on the phases. We think that the next phase is the wonderful thing that is, that is taking place and, and, and this is the best. This is better than the last. But what we miss about phases is that they are always changing. It is just what it says. It's a phase. Somebody tell your neighbor, I can't help how wonderful it is. It's going to pass. It is nothing uh, substantial that you can hold on to. It is not anything that you can put an anchor in, a man that is going to be around. When I begin to look at society in this hour, we see all kinds of phases. And the sad part is that too often we see them frequenting in and out of the house of God. A man that do so much and so until we have lost our real true identity as to who we are as believers of God. I, I get worried about the church in this hour that is always going through phases because Jesus declared in his word that I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is an unchangeable God. And, and any time that we can begin to acclimate a man to what is going on around us. In other words, for every climate change, we find ourselves changing with the climate. But we are supposed to have stability. You cannot change with the climate. But you have got to learn to hold your own temperature. You should have stability a man into who you are as the people of God somebody said Lord help us so we find ourselves, if we are not careful, a man that we, we, we recognize that we go through and that we are confronted with 
pleasurable seasons. In other words, the enemy will always come along. A life in itself will present unto us these seasons that we find pleasure in. Someone say, neighbor, you have to be careful. Amen. Where you find your pleasure. And I find that the enemy has a way, a man of setting us up. He brings along things that we get lost into, we get involved in. It takes our attention and truthfully it becomes a distraction, amen, to your walk with God. I've never seen the time as in this hour that people can find more pleasure outside of God than they can inside. Uh, I, I'm not even locking it, amen, just to the church, amen, because we used to be, and there used to be a time that even the sinner man had a certain regard and a certain respect for God and for the house of God. Even though they might have been in the club on Saturday night, they was on the pew on Sunday mornings. But now we have come to a timing that you have generations that don't even go to church, that doesn't even know what church is all about. There are those who belong to no one's church. There are those who don't know God to be God. There are those that haven't even discovered as to whether or not there is a real true God. Uh, being taught that God is me. That I am the one. Amen. That everything that I need is within myself. Hallelujah Jesus. Somebody said neighbor with a delusion. Uh, we have to be careful, amen, about this hour. But what we find here is it doesn't matter what phase come through. Tell somebody it's going to come to an end. There is never a time of a season that things come our way and that they maintain forever. Uh, when we begin to look at dress styles, Amen. It changes by the day. Uh, one day you're trying to be in style. We're trying to be in fashion. Uh, amen. Only to find out in a few months, in a few years, uh, that your closet has to be revamped. Uh, if you are going to keep up with the latest fads, uh, somebody say, neighbor, it is a good thing when you can find who you really are. It is a good thing when you can come to the place to understand that my pleasure is not in another man's opinion but my pleasure is locked into amen the word of God my pleasure is not in who someone else said that I am that's why Jesus could ask Peter who do men say that I am and after getting the answer of what others had to say he wanted to 
to know but who do you say that I am someone say neighbor do you know him for who he is I don't mean your mother's God but do you know him as your God I don't mean your pastor's God but do you know him as your God do you have a real experience for who Jesus really is hallelujah Jesus not the phases that we go through in church in this hour amen as we begin to visit ministries as you watch church change amen over the years we have all kind of church oh yes oh yes you can ride by the sign, amen, and the 8 o'clock sign will say for the 8 o'clock service, it is the contemporary service. Hallelujah, Jesus. And then the 11 o'clock service is more the traditional service. Do you ever stop to wonder what is the difference? Amen in the service. Well, my question is, what is the difference in the word? what is being preached at 8 o'clock and what is being preached at 11 o'clock that cannot go and entertain both because God's word fits everybody hallelujah Jesus if I got to detail the word in order for it to fit a certain sect I might need to act what is wrong because the Bible lets us know that the word of God is so plain that a fool cannot hear from it. So if a fool is able to understand it, what's wrong with the crowd at eight? That they can't understand what's being preached at 11. Somebody say, watch out for the phases. We are more caught up, amen, into the phases. So in other words, it's not just in the style, amen, but something somewhere has got to be wrong in the administration. Something has got to be wrong somewhere in the soundness of the doctrine. Because if the word of God is the same, it ought to be powerful at any hour. It ought to draw sinners at any hour it ought to draw it doesn't matter what the age is tell somebody it's not the music that's going to save us but it has got to be the word of God it has got to be the anointing of God hallelujah Jesus uh, it's going to be over it has got, you have got to understand that when we're in a pleasurable season and the season that we are enjoying, amen, it doesn't seem to be going any place. When we begin to look at a man, James, James says, but every man is tempted. Doesn't matter how many tongues you're speaking in. How many languages that you are able to articulate when you feel the presence? Doesn't matter about how many different styles you have to your dance in your feet. It doesn't matter whether you wear your hat cocked to the left or to the right. You are going 
to be tempted. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter about the degree, whether you do or whether you don't. You are going to be tempted. There's none of us that is exempted from being tempted. Temptation is not the problem. You ought to be able to handle some temptation. Amen. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. The problem is when that that we desire because it's down on the inside of us. You cannot leave that lie attached to Flip Wilson. The younger ones may not know him, but there are some of us in here that has come through the age of television and Flip Wilson that the devil made me do it. And the only way you can get by with that if you are willing to take ownership of your devil. That is on the inside of you. When he's drawn away of his own lust, not what someone just put before you, but what was already in your flesh. Paul said, I would. It was his desire to do good. But he recognized evil was always present. Somebody say, neighbor, I know you look like you brought it, but it was already here when you got here. Because it was in me. And if it's not in you, there is no way that you can be attracted to it. Mm. Can we say that again? If it is not in you, I can't help what her size is, what she has on, or what she doesn't have on. How tall, how handsome, how whatever. You can't be attracted to it except it's already in you. If I don't like a thing, I can't help how much of it you bring. It doesn't appeal unto me. I don't like spinach. I don't care how you fix it, how good you say it is. There is never a craving stirred up in me for that dish because I don't like it. It's not in me. But if you come by with the right ice cream, and it's got the right name on it. Because the desire is already in me. It is not hard for me to say yes. In fact, it becomes hard to say no. Because the desire for it is already. It's already on the inside. When you're drawn away after your own lust. And then you are enticed. Looks good. Makes you want it. Verse 15 says, and when lust has conceived, when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth, somebody say, sin. When lust has caused you to become pregnant, nothing can happen until it gets in you. David was all right until he kept looking. And before he impregnated Bathsheba, he became impregnated in his spirit, in his mind. In his heart, everything in him came full of her that he must have. Someone said, neighbor, you got to protect yourself. You have to protect your mind. Once a thing is conceived in your mind, once it is in there, then you begin to apprehend by reason. Why? Because 
is down on the inside. The sad thing is, is once that it is in there, the scripture says, when lust has conceived, then it bringeth forth sin. And the scripture says, sin. Now understand, sin can ride for a while. When a woman conceives a child, it's not born the next day. It has to go through some months. It's got to go through some pain. It's got to go through some uncomfortable moments. And if she's married, she's not going through alone. So is the husband because he got to deal with her. All of her mood swings, all of her what she want and don't want. Can't rest, back, hurt, this, that. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Sin has a way of riding. It has a way of sticking around for a while. It doesn't just take you to the end. And in saying that, we want to look here at this very familiar passage of scripture. Amen. Speaking of, we call it the prodigal son. But the certain man who had the two sons and the younger son, amen, said to his father, I want you to give me my portions of goods that falleth unto me. And the Bible said he divided it among the living. And not many days afterward, the younger son gathered, amen, all together, everything that he had, and he went into a far country. Tell somebody, watch the phase. Uh, the, the moment we get something in our hands, and, and y'all stay with me tonight because I, 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 might hit, I might just hit a teaching line. Amen. But it's sad because the moment we get a blessing in our hands, uh, it, it is it's not a good thing. And, and, and I hope, I hope and pray I'm not on anybody's toes tonight because I know it's tax season. But it's sad that the moment, amen, that we go to the mailbox faithfully or we check the bank account for the direct deposit, at the moment we get it, amen, in our hands, we need to take a trip. We need to go somewhere. We, we need to do something. Isn't it amazing that when that time of the year comes, we start seeking pleasurable things. We start looking for, amen, the next new ride. We start looking for the vacation that we never had. Uh, we need another television because the 55-inch the, the screen is not large enough. So we want to get a 70. We want to take it a little bit further. Amen. Pleasurable things begin to hit our avenue. This is tax season. Those that's got anything coming is looking forward for this season. We go through phases. We go through phases. We wait a whole 12, 11 months to go out in one week and get rid of what you waited on for 11 months. Somebody said, God, my mind need a revival. So a lot of times we think we only need help just to stay away from a cigarette. But if you got the Holy Ghost, that shouldn't be the issue. That, that shouldn't be where we have to address the church. Amen. But how about those little foxes that's eating away at the vine? That's causing us not to be blessed. So we find here, 
here's this young man. He goes out, and the Bible says he, he loses everything through riotous living, just having a good time, just enjoying life, hanging out with his friends. And I wonder where was the friends when he didn't have anything. Where was those people around you when you didn't have anything? Who were you taking to lunch when you didn't have anything? But here he is. The Bible says he wasted his substance. And when he had spent all, then there arose. Tell somebody, ah, the climate is changing. See, here we go now through another phase. We've gone through the phase of being blessed. We've gone through the phase now of the seasonal living and having a great time and enjoying life and, and just living it like it's not coming to an end. But the word said when he had spent all that he had, somebody look at your neighbor and say, what then? When it's all gone, what you going to do then? What you going to do then? Because what then is coming? There's always a what then. I, I don't care where we are, how we think, amen, that we are living. There will always be a man, a, well, a then what? What are you going to do? Then what? Then what? The Bible says he began to be in want. And he went and he joined himself, amen, uh, to another country. He went out and he began to seek employment. He began to see what can I do, amen, to sustain myself. So he goes into the field and he begins to feed in a place where he shouldn't be feeding. Somebody say, neighbor, you shouldn't be feeding where you're feeding. Uh, it's, it's only because uh, we have gotten caught up, amen, in a wrong phase. Uh, we have allowed ourselves to be in a place uh, where we should not have been. Uh, and, and the thing is that we have to realize that it was our mindset in the first place uh, that calls us to be where we are. It was when we allowed our mind to begin to go to the pleasure side. Because the scripture says, seek those things which are, come on Bible scholars, seek those things which are, and not those things which are beneath. So when you begin to acclimate to the earthly things which are beneath, it will throw off your spiritual mind as to where you should be focused. And if your mind is out of sync with God, you cannot think properly. If you cannot think properly, you cannot operate properly. So then we find ourselves because we are caught up in gratification. And it is easily to be done. Somebody say, listen, neighbor. Say, don't allow your flesh to talk to you. Because we are living in a time, amen, that our flesh has been fed. That you work hard for everything. And you need to reward yourself. Amen. You desire, you deserve, amen, to have a good time. You deserve a man to be wined and to be dined. You deserve to live a different lifestyle. I find out here that as a people, whether we be saved or not, 
we have to be careful because the enemy will tell you that you are deprived so many times we won't wait on God because we feel like waiting on God is the suffering way we feel like if I have to wait on God I'm never going to get there I had a young lady to tell me one time pastor I don't want to be like you I don't want to end up and be an old maid I said well baby you can call me what you want to call me but I'm a happy old maid if that's what you want to call it hallelujah Jesus I don't mean happy part time but I mean happy all the time I wake up happy I'm happy through the day I'm happy at night hallelujah Jesus I'm not hating on the married people but the Bible Paul says that those of us that are single we can seek and please God I don't have to ask nobody can I go pray I don't have to ask nobody can I go to church I don't have to ask nobody can I fast hallelujah Jesus glory to God I don't have to ask can I go on vacation I need to be home by what time Marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled. So if that's where you need to be, well, but if you can, my thing we have to, let me go back to where I was going. What I want you to understand is don't get caught up in thinking that you are missing something. Because if you can't miss what you never had, don't get caught up with the devil telling you that I need to be like, uh, I need to be like evangelist. I, I want to be like her. You may not be able to handle what she handles. You got to come to the place that you can deal with what God give you. We got to come to a place that it is not your hour. Somebody say, wait on your time. If it's not your time, amen to buy that house. Wait till God bless you. But we got to realize that when we go through phases, and sometimes we don't even know what we won't when we get it we change our minds because it's not what we thought that it was hallelujah jesus we are living in an hour where people only live in the moment and they give no thought to what's going on hallelujah but you gotta stop and weigh out the situation come on and give him glory I was sitting today I was in the courthouse and I had some arbitration cases and I looked at a 15 year old and I said what are your plans amen when you graduate because I had two of them sitting there I had co-defendant cases I told the officers when I walked in I said if these nuts go to fighting I'm 
just simply going to walk right out because that's why they was there. But when I began to look at them, I said, tell me about your grades in school. And they said, well, I was doing good grades until I got suspended. I said, well, now you got to work double time to get your grades back up. I said, what are you going to do when you graduate? He said, well, uh, uh, I want to play football. I said, that's out, son. Get some, that has nothing to do how you're going to live. You got to put some thought in your life. One major accident in your life, football career is over. How are you going to eat? You're going to live with your daddy the rest of your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. I said, no, that is not the answer. I want to know what are you going to do? You know why? Because we let them come up and live in this moment. It's just about the moment. What's going to happen when this phase, high school, sports, is a phase? See, I make enemies right here. Especially if they got sons that play football. When this phase is over, when you get too old to run, when your knees don't work anymore, we do things in our lives in a moment, just in a phase. So when it's over... Then what? Then what? Then what? What you going to do? The then is, simply Marion Webster says, is that that time, or soon after that, it is the next in order of time. So when that moment that you're going through, this pleasurable season, when the season that you in, young people, is over, then at that moment, what are you going to do? So when we let the devil take us and destroy our lives, when we let sin come in and trip us, when the devil makes us think that the pleasures of sin is so much greater, but, I, but I'm enjoying myself. This feels good. It feels right. And see, the devil tells us you have to do what feels right to you. Listen, who are you to determine what feels right? Go talk to the man who hung on the cross for you not to die and ask him what felt right. Sometimes the only thing the preacher have to say, look, that's not what you need to do, but it feels right. That's not who you need to marry, but it feels right. Hello, somebody. It feels right until you end up where? On your way to divorce court? At that moment, to your flesh, in your pleasure of your flesh, it felt right. But when it's over, because when sin is finished, you don't feel anything while it's working. We don't feel anything while sin is working. But when, when it is finished, where are you going to be when it's finished? What you're going to have left when it's finished? The prodigal son had nothing. Where are you going to go when it's finished? Who's going to help you when it's finished? A lot of people lose their minds at the end results of sin. Sin has no intention of leaving you whole. It is designed. The scripture says the thief cometh but to. The last thing is, you ever wondered after he steals you, then he kills you. And then you're already dead. You're already dead. You ever been in a place in your life that you really were so low and, and, and something else come along and you ask yourself the question, what else? 
I'm already at the bottom. What else? I've already been through all of this. What else? What else? Is the enemy not satisfied? What else? It's not finished yet. The fact that you are down is not the end. The fact that you hit rock bottom is not your end. That is not the finishing result of sin. Sin is not finished until you are totally destroyed. So in other words, he wants you at a place that you can't be revived. Go around us. Look in this hour. Look at what sin is doing. This is sin. Look at where it started. You watch the news. OBRs right now. So it starts out pleasurable. You get that high? Feel good. So the devil keeps sending you back and back and back. Eventually, one will come to a place that they cannot hold the job, cannot maintain, get so caught up out there they start losing weight, almost about to lose their own self. And we will look at them and say something like, well, don't they see where they are? They can't see. We say things like, well, if they want to do better, they're going to have to make their own minds up. They can't. They are no longer in control of their own mind. That's why we need to value the word, let this mind. Let, let. It's not going to make it. Allow it. Allow it to be in you. This mind, the same mind that was in. No one should have to force us. No one should have to make us want to be like Jesus. Just let it yield, yield, give yourself. So, Lord, whatever you want to do, I'm willing. So here we are. We see it in action. People are caught up. They can't get out. They go in and out of recovery. They go in and out of addiction programs. They go in and out of this and that. And the more they go in and out of, sometimes the deeper they get. What was once pleasurable has become now a miserable situation. They lose everything. There are people who lose their homes. They lose their families, their children, their health, everything. And you would think the enemy is satisfied. He stole their minds. That's the first thing. He come to steal. People think the devil only steal you once you he come to church just to get you out. No. He steals your mind, and you'll walk out. When the devil take control of your mind, you'll just leave God. Then he gets you out there. He kills your life. It's gone. You have nothing left to offer, not even to yourself. He's not satisfied. Now he wants to utterly destroy. He's not satisfied till your name is on the news that you died from. Because at that point, there's no chance of revival. That you died while you were in your sins. Before you could get back to church, they died. Satan will stop at nothing until you are totally destroyed. We need a revival. We need God to revive our spirit. We need to be revived so that we can come to ourselves. And when we come to ourselves, we can rise up and we can go to the Father. Psalms 85 and 6 says, will thou revive us again? So in other words, will you restore us, God? Will you bring us back to our original state? 
back to where we was created to worship you, created to love you, created to be with you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Come on and give God some praise. Thank you, Father. I got to give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I got to give you praise. Because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God, and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive, and with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.